It's not about your testosterone. Your testosterone doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What is up, my Sunlight Samurais? Hans and Mato here. So in this video, I want to go over Andrew Huberman's testosterone stack. So a while ago, he was on Tim Ferriss' show, and then he was on Joe Rogan's show, and he talked about this testosterone stack um, that can potentially increase your testosterone and make you feel a lot better. So I want to go over, is it even a good stack? And if so, or if not, what else to use? And then basically what you are actually, what do you really want? What, why we actually use supplements? But first, but first let's start with the video so we can actually go over exactly what he is saying. But there's a category of supplements that are very interesting that for most people who aren't exploring testosterone augmentation for sport work very well to increase testosterone by about 100 to 200 points. Not, you know, 300, you know, not a tripling or anything like that. And the main ones are two substances. So first he says that we can benefit a lot from increasing our testosterone by 100 to 200 points on average. And if someone's hypogonadal, that can help a lot. But let's say someone is 600 and they go to 800, will they really feel better? And I'll discuss a few things later on. So this is a little bit of a teaser here. And now he goes into what specific compounds that he thinks it's a good idea to raise that overall testosterone levels. And the main ones are two substances. One is called Tongat Ali. Oh yeah, which that is, stuff's real, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, because the, what happens is the testosterone molecule, it, it's basically carried in a cargo. So it can be in its free form, unbound form, free testosterone. And everyone says, oh, I want more free testosterone. You want more, but the, these, what are called sex hormone binding globulins. So there's something called sex hormone binding globulin and albumin they carry the testosterone molecule to the different tissues of the body. So you don't want all your testosterone free. You want some of it bound up so that it can be delivered to the different tissues, including your brain. But if you have too much sex hormone binding globulin, the testosterone can't really do its things, okay? So Tonga Ali, about 400 milligrams per day, has the effect of raising free testosterone and overall testosterone by about 100 to 200 points. So first he says that by increasing free testosterone, that's basically what can be helpful. So testosterone is bound to albumin and sex hormone binding globulin, which is obviously true. We have about 1% to 1.5% free testosterone in circulation. But I would say not a lot of people really suffer from having too little free testosterone. What, what's really going on is that they have, uh, for example, if someone is insulin resistant. So insulin suppresses the production of sex hormone binding globulin. So people with obesity and diabetes often have too much free testosterone. The thing is they are hypogonadal. So they have symptoms of low testosterone, and that's, and that's because they have low testosterone, not necessarily low free testosterone. But the thing is, so excess estrogen is the strongest inducer of the production of sex hormone binding globulin. So the more estrogen you have, the more sex hormone binding globulin you also will have. And But the thing is, sex hormone binding globulin doesn't bind the strongest to estrogen. It binds the strongest to the androgen, namely DHT and testosterone. So estrogen upregulates the production of sex hormone binding globulin, which then binds the strongest to your androgens. So lowering estrogen is a good idea because that will help to lower excess sex hormone binding globulin. Now, the thing is, Tonkata Lee is actually a aromatized inhibitor. So by lowering estrogen, it can lower sex hormone binding globulin and increase free testosterone. And also estrogen works in a negative feedback loop. It signals the pituitary to reduce the secretion of luteinizing hormone. So luteinizing hormone from the pituitary signals the testis to stimulate the production of testosterone. So it stimulates the transport of cholesterol into the mitochondria, conversion to proteinolone, all the way to testosterone. So that's the whole process. 
So luteinizing hormone is kind of like the, the second step. The hypothalamus is the first step, the pituitary second step, and then testis is the third step going through the process. So estrogen has the inhibitory effect on the pituitary lowers luteinizing hormone. So by lowering estrogen, we have higher levels of luteinizing hormone to basically stimulate the production of steroidogenesis. So this is all good. So he goes on to say that 400 milligrams of Tonka de Lee can increase your testosterone by 100 to 200 points. Maybe that's true, but it hasn't been studied. The average study, the study they use about 100 to 200 milligrams of Tonka de Lee, and on average, that increases testosterone by 25 to 75 points, not really even 100 points. So let's say you bump the dose up to 400, you might maybe go to 100, maybe 200, um, but it hasn't been studied. That's more of a speculation. And the thing is like with all substances, you have responders and you have non-responders. About 50% of people typically are non-responders to certain chemicals and compounds, especially also Tonkat Ali. So 50% of people won't respond to Tonkat Ali. Other people will. And of that remaining 50%, some will get a small benefit and other people will get a huge benefit. So depending on how you respond to that chemical, you might get zilts benefit from it, or you might get a big boost. So that depends on how you respond. And I think it has a lot to do with the microbiome, which modulates the bioavailability of these compounds. You can absorb them and they can do their necessary actions. And another one, which is very interesting, it's a Nigerian shrub called Phadogia agrestis. And it mimics luteinizing hormone, which is the hormone that comes out of the hypothalamus that stimulates the testes if you got those and the ovaries if you've got those to make more testosterone or estrogen. And so those two herbal supplements together so here he talks about Fidoja. It's another chemical, and this one hasn't been studied in humans yet. So he's going to say how much it can increase testosterone, but the point is that it hasn't been studied in humans. It has been studied in animals to increase testosterone, but he can't say this is how much it will increase testosterone in humans. Now, to the mechanism that Fidoja works is by acting as a luteinizing hormone mimetic. But the thing is, not a lot of people really have a deficiency in luteinizing hormone. Obviously, there are people that don't have enough luteinizing hormone, for example, when they're estrogen or prolactin dominant. But usually they have moderate levels of luteinizing hormone. But the thing is, your testes don't respond to the luteinizing hormone. It doesn't have enough of the luteinizing hormone receptors or something is inhibiting the, the um, kind of like the responsiveness. So what really works for this is by increasing your thyroid hormone, T3 specifically upregulates the sensitivity of the luteinizing hormone receptor in the testis. And then also uh, Tonkat Ali can actually increase the testosterone to luteinizing hormone. So the amount of testosterone that you produce to luteinizing hormone is more with Tonkat Ali. So you improve the sensitivity. So that's kind of like one step that it goes to. And then the other one is just giving more luteinizing hormone. Now, I don't know about Fidoja. There's not a lot of research on it. I would rather go with something that's been more studied like cordyceps. It also has luteinizing hormone mimetic effects, and it can then stimulate testosterone. It also increases the luteinizing hormone receptor in the testis. It stimulates CAMP, which upregulates the whole sterogenic pathway, especially transport of cholesterol into the testis. And then cordyceps also has testosterone mimetic effects. So we know cordyceps can be really good for improving your endurance, improving libido and sexual function. So instead of a dojo, I would rather go with cordyceps that's been more studied and can actually have more benefits overall than just increasing testosterone or improving sexual function. Now, cordyceps hasn't been shown to increase testosterone in humans, but by the fact that it has luteinizing hormone mimetic effect, it upregulates luteinizing hormone receptor in the testis, it can give you more of an androgenic effect. 
And just because a compound doesn't increase testosterone doesn't mean it's not going to improve your symptoms. So instead of a doja, I'd rather go with cordyceps because it has a bunch of other effects that I will dive to in just a bit. Can give a significant boost in free and active testosterone. So you said Tongat Ali can give you 100 to 200. Yeah, about that. Well, what does the other one give you? Fidoja is usually taken at about 600 milligrams. Um, and that can, I, the, the most dramatic effect I've ever seen was somebody who had his testosterone down in the low twos, or I think it was like low twos, and it, he got it up to the 700 range, which, but, really? that's, a, but that's an outlier, right? Most people are going to see about a three to 400 point increase. So he says that there's an outlier going from 200 to 700. And as I mentioned, there are responders, non-responders. There's outliers, non-outliers, depending on how you respond to that specific compound. So it's not that Fedoja is magic. It's just that that person responded well to Fedoja, but they could have responded well to any other compound because it might have been an outlier on most things in general and how he responds to them. Maybe his diet was really horrendous. Maybe there's other things that he could have done. But regardless... He said like this combo can give you a boost of 300 to 400 points. Let's say you're going from uh, 400. That means you're going up to 700 to 800 nanograms per deciliter, which is the massive jump. And that can give you a lot of benefits. But I'm just so highly skeptical of this. First of all, because of people don't respond on average that good. And most of these studies has been done on people with hypogonadism. So they have low testosterone, high estrogen, hyperlactin, all this kind of stuff to begin with. So giving them something is going to correct them. So, for example, if you give someone an adaptogen and they have high cortisol, it's going to lower their access cortisol back to normal, but it's not going to lower their baseline cortisol into the ground. It's not going to crush cortisol. So when you use these compounds, how much, let's say someone's hypogonadal, it might correct their deficiency. Let's go, let's say they go from 200 to 400 or 350 or something like that, but it doesn't mean they're going to take them more and more. Let's say you have 800, maybe it might increase you by 10 points. But if you were 200, it might increase you to 400. So there's obviously a negative return. If you have 1,500 nanograms per deciliter testosterone, you can't expect a 400 boost, additional 400 boost by using these compounds. So there's a diminishing returns, obviously, the higher you get. So if you're already good at 600, you might get 50 to 100 point boost with this compound, depending on if you have hyperlactin or high estrogen or the low luteinizing hormone, depending, obviously, to the mechanisms these specific compounds work. So... Testosterone has the effects we're all aware of, like deepening the voice, facial hair, muscle growth, recovery, et cetera, mostly because testosterone increases protein synthesis. You look at a, a young male in puberty, it's a protein synthesis machine. Yeah. They eat, they eat, they eat, and they just grow and grow and grow, and they're putting on muscles, and they're lean, and, you know. So, so we talked about how just a little bit of testosterone, you know, young people are basically this protein synthesis machines. They just create this muscle mass so good because they have higher levels of testosterone. But the thing is, they are in a healthier state. They have lower levels of inflammation. They have lower levels of cortisol. You get young individuals that's not protein synthesis machines, and you get older people that's protein synthesis machines, and doesn't just necessarily depend on your testosterone. It also depends on your androgen receptor content, that sensitivity, your inflammation, cortisol to androgen ratio, a lot of different things. So it's not just that testosterone is going to make you more anabolic, especially if someone is natty, like... You will not necessarily build more muscle if you have, go from 400 to 800 nanograms per deciliter. That 400 boost is not necessarily going to give you better gains. Or going from 600 to 1,500 is not necessarily going to give you better gains. But if you use testosterone exogenously, that is definitely going to give you better gains. And the reason why I think this is happening is obviously because with the injection, especially long ester, you're, you're um, more stably exposed to your testosterone. So naturally, you get to speak in the morning and it's go down in the evening. 
And then um, when you inject testosterone, it just stays stable. So you're exposed to higher levels of testosterone all the time. But also with exogenous supplementation, you alter the epitestosterone to testosterone ratio. So epitestosterone is actually an anti-androgen, whereas testosterone is an androgen. So you have this, let's say you have a one-to-one -one ratio. So this, let's say it's 100 and 100. You have 100 anti-androgen and 100 androgen. So no matter where your testosterone is, it's this balance that is negatively influencing how much muscle you can build. So if you have a one to two ratio of epitestosterone to testosterone, the ability to build muscle and feel more androgenic is you know, much stronger regardless of where your testosterone really is. And using something like Tonka Tele doesn't alter the epitestosterone to testosterone ratio. So it can make you feel better, but it's not necessarily going to give you that steroid-like results. He talks about he's working with these professional people that can't use steroids. They have to go for alternatives. These alternatives are useless in comparison to pharmaceutical exogenous testosterone. Don't get false expectations from these kind of compounds. It's not going to alter your physique to the point where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm so vascular. I'm so lean and sliced and striations because of this tonkatoli. That that's not, doesn't happen with natural substances that happens with exogenous substances. And I think the main reason for that is because obviously the, first of all, the chronic exposure to testosterone, and then also the testosterone to epitestosterone ratio. That's why in sports, they measure the epitestosterone to testosterone ratio. And that's why cheaters or people that try to mask that inject themselves with epitestosterone to fix that ratio before they get tested. Testosterone has some very interesting effects on the brain. The, the major mental effect of testosterone is it makes effort feel good. Oh, that makes sense. And this is because testosterone promotes dopamine release. The more dopamine you have, the more motivated you are, the more drive you have, the more pleasure you get from doing things. People that have low dopamine suffer from anhedonia and they don't want to do anything. So testosterone is great for increasing dopamine. If you block the dopamine receptors, you lose this effect. And also there's evidence to suggest that this effect is dependent on DHT. So it's dependent on 5-alpha reductase, which converts testosterone into DHT, which then has that pro-dopamine effect, make you feel good. And the reason it does it is that the amygdala, this fear center in the brain, this anxiety center in the brain has androgen receptors. It has testosterone receptors. Now he specifically talks about the amygdala containing androgen receptors. So usually people that have panic attacks and they're very fearful and anxious have too much serotonin in the amygdala. And testosterone has actually been shown to lower access serotonin in the amygdala. And there's you know, various different mechanisms. First of all, it combines with the androgen receptor. So it's androgen receptor specific. It lowers serotonin, but it's also been shown to uh, specifically have GABA-like effects. So when DHT testosterone needs to be converted to DHT. DHT is then converted to 3-alpha and 3-beta-dial, which is also 5-alpha-reduced steroids, but not as strong uh, agonists to the androgen receptor. They have pro-GABA effects. And then obviously when you use GABA, that's why people get addicted to gaba drugs, is because it completely numbs fear. So that's one of the benefits when people use DHT, they become anhedonic to fear. It doesn't make them anhedonic. It just makes them fearless, so to speak. It makes them completely numb. They don't care about fear but they still enjoy their life. And this is all dependent on that DHT, then the DHT-related metabolites. So it's not just DHT or 3-alpha and 3-beta-dial. It's also allopregnanolone, which is converted from progesterone, and you get uh, androsterone, which is converted from DHEA. All of those also have pro-GABA effects, anti-seizure, anti-seizure, antidepressant, anti-anxiety, a lot of good benefits. So a lot of these benefits from steroids come from 5-alpha reductase and the 5-alpha-reduced steroids. So males of a given species have to actually overcome the fear of pain and punishment. And the surge in testosterone is what 
causes the shift to the willingness to engage in battle. Mm. And so when humans are taking low doses or, or reasonable doses of testosterone or they're increasing their testosterone or they're going through puberty, effort and leaning into pain and challenge actually has the effect of making the body feel soothed and good. It's a drive. Just like sex is a drive or drinking water when you're thirsty is a drive. This stuff is all anchored deep within the hypothalamus. This isn't a cognitive thing. That makes sense why young men in particular are really driven to hard exercise and sports that are very, very difficult that require extreme effort. Completely makes sense. Yeah. And why when people are testosterone depleted, they feel depressed. And when people have a surge of testosterone, they feel relief and anxiety, provided it's in the appropriate range. So just finishing off, I talked about, again, that dopamine effect. They didn't specify it was dopamine, but it's that dopamine that makes you motivated. You want to, you, you get that drive. You want to do things and you find pleasure out of it. The older you get, the lower your testosterone goes, the lower your dopamine gets, the higher your cortisol to androgen ratio gets, and the more non-motivated you start to feel. So the whole point here is, is this stack even a good idea? Tonka de Lee is good, but I wouldn't say it's the best one to use. Other compounds that's also really good can be ashwagandha. That can also increase your testosterone about 100 points on average, which on average is better than Tonka de Lee. And then we have aspirin, which obviously get the responders and the non-responders. And aspirin has also been shown to, in, in one person in the study, increase their testosterone from 600 to 800, like a 200-point jump, which was quite amazing. And he already had high levels of testosterone. Oh, I'm sorry. There was a guy that went from 800 to 1,100, 300-point jump, and he already had high levels of testosterone. So responders, non-responders, and it all depends on how you respond. doesn't mean you're going to respond that good. He was basically the outlier. Um, but those are good compounds. I regularly use aspirin. This study was specifically with 800 milligrams twice daily, so the 1.6 grams of aspirin per day for 10 days. Just 10 days had that great effect on their androgens. And so you can always use Tonka Delis. Some people respond very good effects. But here's what I want to talk to you guys about. It's not about your testosterone. Your testosterone doesn't matter. What really matters is how you feel. If you use a compound that doesn't increase your testosterone, but you feel better, isn't that what you want? You want to feel better. So what makes you feel better? Basically, higher dopamine, lower cortisol, lower prolactin, sometimes lower estrogen, and the better functioning of the glutamate system, better functioning of the opioid and endocannabinoid system. So it's obviously complicated and low serotonin. I forgot to mention that one. So if someone has higher levels of serotonin, typically this is very common amongst people that get um, that use SSRI drugs, they tend to get sexual dysfunction, they get a drop in libido, they get uh, anhedonia. And this is not because the SSRI drugs lower dopamine, it's because they increase serotonin. So even if your dopamine stays the same, your serotonin goes up, 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 you will start to benefit, you will start to experience low dopamine symptoms, but it's this ratio between serotonin and dopamine that is important. So Tonkata Lee has been shown to increase dopamine, specifically stimulate the central nervous system, stimulate the sympathetic nervous system. And that gives you that drive. So if you're so horny, you're walking around in public, like, ah, I have this outrageous libido. That's not necessarily because of this testosterone. That's because it's stimulating your sympathetic nervous system. And if you don't experience that, it's because it doesn't stimulate your sympathetic nervous system like it's stimulating someone else's sympathetic nervous system. So all of these different compounds, especially like cordyceps, it has pro-dopamine effects. It has pro-glutamate effects, regulate the glutamate system. It has pro-testosterone um, uh, effects. Different effects will give you, like it, it works on multiple different areas that will give you different effects. So a lot of people in the olden days used aphrodisiacs. And aphrodisiac is something that makes you uh, want to have a sexual experience. So it makes you horny, it gives you better boners, those kind of stuff. And they didn't care if it increased their testosterone, it just 
they cared about that feeling you get, right? When you get horny, it's not like, oh, I get the surge in testosterone. It's like, no, I get the surge in dopamine most likely. I get the surge in the sympathetic nervous system. And this make this this is what's making me uncontrollably horny. It's a sympathetic nervous system. But if your sympathetic nervous system is overly stimulated, this then contributes to anxiety, cold hands and feet, shaking, excess sweating, and it can actually prevent you from getting an erection and can actually cause premature ejaculation. So it's a balance. You want to be in a balance between the sympathetic and the nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, but you want to lean slightly more to the sympathetic if you want to be more horny. So the point here is that regardless if a compound increases testosterone or not, it doesn't really matter. It matters by how you feel. Does it improve how you feel? You can get a 400 jump in testosterone, but if it doesn't change how you feel, it's quite useless. That's why I say testosterone doesn't really matter. It matters like how that compound regulates your serotonin to dopamine ratio. Does it lower prolactin in your case? Let's say you have hyperlactin. You need to address the hyperlactin. If you have high estrogen, you need to address the high estrogen. If you have low DHT and 5-alpha-reduced steroids, you need to address that. It's individual. What is your problem? What is causing your low testosterone? What's causing your low, do- your low libido? And then fix that specifically. That's what you want to do. That's why you have responders and non-responders to specific compounds, because let's say the, the testosterone to estrogen ratio might not be the problem. And all of these things is what I address in the Alpha Energy course. I teach you guys the diet, the lifestyle, and the supplements that you can use to get this alpha energy, to, to get that feeling of being young, of being horny, of being on the top of your game. That's basically it. So in summary, is did he give a good stack? Yes, it was a good stack, but it's not the only stack. I would specifically rather use uh, ashwagandha, depending on how you respond to it. But Tonkatali is also good. But instead of Fidoja, I would rather use cordyceps. That can be better, especially when you use it in conjunction with your training. That can give you more stamina. Or something like Maral Root with Reponticum, which has ECD steroids, which can help to boost uh, hypertrophy to a small degree. So not trying to bash his stack. That's a good stack, but I think there are better alternatives. And I just tried to explain to you the mechanisms. And it's not just about the testosterone. Don't get caught up on, oh, does it increase testosterone or not? It's about how you feel. That is what is important. I hope this video was helpful. Please leave in the comments below if you have any questions, and I can address that for you guys. Check you in the next one.